0: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, or whatever time of day it is that you're listening. Welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner, Nashville National Predators Podcast. I'm Predators beat writer Paul Scurvina, joined by my esteemed colleague who's been busy with the Titans all day, Thomas Gentry Estes. Um, we're going to talk the Predators, though. I know you've been concentrating on the Titans all day, a lot of stuff happening there, of course. Um, predators lost tonight in overtime to the Carolina Hurricanes, part of their never-ending road trip. I think it's a franchise record road trip they're on. I think it's eight games, 15 days. Um, and uh, But more important than that, Gentry, is, you know, the injuries have been piling up for the Predators lately. Ryan Ellis, Matthew Shane, UC Saros, Sue And now today we find out that Roman Yossi is, quote-unquote, week-to-week with a, quote-unquote, upper body injury, which I'm assuming he suffered during the – Win against the Stars in overtime on Sunday, uh, which he scored the winning goal in the shootout, um, and w- with a bloody jersey and all, and or a sweat. I'm sorry, sweater. They call them sweaters in hockey, but um, but Roman's out. Six rookies played tonight. The youth movement starting, I guess, sooner than maybe they had planned.
1: Gentry, that's probably a good thing.
0: And honestly, they've continued
1: to play pretty well all this. I You can't knock the effort.
0: No, no, you can't. And I, you know, look for what they had out there. I mean, it was patchwork. It was, it was, you, you know, and it's going to continue to be that way. Uh, but when you, when you're missing, I, I think a further payroll is going to, is on injured reserve at Roman. I don't think is officially in an IR yet, but he will be. Um, it, it's hard to win and they were having a tough enough time doing it before. So I think they might take some lumps. Uh, I don't think that's a bad thing because I think there's going to be some guys uh, Jeremy Davies, a guy who they got in a P.K. Subban trade, finally made his NHL debut tonight. Pretty impressive. Um, it, it, these guys are going to get a chance to play. Uh, I think that's important for the future. Uh, but but losing Roman, I mean, you know, look, losing Ryan Ellis is one thing. Losing Matt Duchesne, who hasn't been all that productive this season anyway, um, is another thing. But, but losing, you know, the, the guy who's your leader at a time like this, especially now where they're on this trip, which I think – is a season-defining trip for them, um, I think their season's pretty much been defined already. But I think this this will, will could be the nail in the coffin for this season, and could go a long way toward determining the future of this team. Um, look, they're one in, after tonight. They're one eleven and one against the the, the three teams they're playing. You know, neck in, in succession on this road trip. You know, the future immediate future doesn't look great. They, they but as you mentioned, they have been playing better, um, which. You know, look, if you're looking for the positives, you know, there have been some positives. Uh, there seemed I,
1: to be some optimism after the game tonight that had, wasn't there before. Yeah. But then you look at it and they've lost four of the last five. The one win was in a
0: shootout in a game that they blew a three-goal lead. They blew a two-goal a two lead again tonight. You know, they were up two to nothing and blew, blew that lead and, and lost it in overtime. So, you know, look. Uh, no one's suggesting the team this team is quitting. I, I think what I'm suggesting is this team just isn't very good, and and it becomes a, a lot less good when you have when you don't have your good players. So, you know, look, we're going to hear a little bit from from Coach John Hines uh, about Roman Yossi and kind of what it entails to try to replace him. Which you know, let's be honest, you can't. Um, and, and and Roman's not been having a great season, you know, so far this year, but. Uh, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. And, and I think, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, w- when you look at losing a guy like Ryan Ellis, I mean, that hurts, you know, and you can't really replace him, but, but w- when you lose Roman, you know, he's a Norse defending Norse trophy winner, the reigning Norris trophy winner, whatever you want to call him. Uh, one of the best players in the game, you know, and, uh, I think you lose a lot more than what's on the ice. And, and that's kind of what is going to hurt this team. And, and you know what, I think that it might be a blessing in disguise. Uh, yeah. I mean the, the, youth
1: movement stuff that, you know, that was something going into the season. We heard so much about that and it, it didn't really pan out. They ended up adding a couple of, you know, some of the one year contract guys and kind of going that direction mm-hmm. with it. But uh, at, at this point, Paul, what are the, what are the odds they put anything together that makes this interesting in the second half of the season? Because it's just even when there is optimism, the results aren't there. When they win, it's like they barely win, but they
0: usually lose. I, mean, I think I, their, their biggest optimism going forward is, is is the future. I mean, and the reason, you know, we've discussed before, Gentry, that the reason that they, you know, didn't make this, this youth movement that they had planned on, which they plan on doing from within, which, uh, you know – and now they're back, kind of being forced to do that, is is because of the circumstances and the you know the the shortened season and COVID and all that. But if you're looking long term, I think this is a good thing for the Predators. Uh, but before we go on, let, let's hear from John Hines talking about what you know losing Roman could could possibly mean.
2: Yeah, Roman's a good. I mean, he's a such a valuable guy on the ice as well as off the ice, as you said, and you know the way he goes about. His business, the way that he practices, the way he conducts himself, um, really everywhere that the team's around, locker room, bus, meals, hotels, those types of things. So the good thing is he's still with us here, um, and he's still in and around the guys. You know, I think what you do miss when your captain is out of the lineup is just, you know, the voice in between periods and and sometimes on the bench when things are going well or things aren't going well, uh, he usually is a guy that speaks up. So, you know, I think it's on, a, you know, guy like Ekholm, some of the older players that are in the, uh, in the locker room that have been around a bit and even some of the newer guys I and mean, we've added some guys with lots of experience to our team so I feel like you know you're never going to replace Roman's voice uh, and no one is going to replace him on the ice or off the ice but I think when guys just just step up a little bit uh, in their roles and experience it always helps.
0: Yeah I mean it, it, look Gentry pretty much hit the nail on the head I mean he you know you can't replace a guy like Roman at this point though is the experience that the other guys are going to get in the interim. And I'm, I'm not sure. And then they're saying Romans week to week, you know, Ryan Ellis is going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, Duchesne's out two to four weeks. I believe, you know, these guys are going to be gone for a while. The season's going to be almost over by the time they come back. Uh, Roman, you know, could be back sooner than that, but, but, you know I, I think that the experience that the otherwise these guys younger guys wouldn't be getting uh, could be valuable going forward um, I want to throw out something out there too so I, I wrote the other day uh, it's not, you can find it on com for all you subscribers thank you so much um, I, I kind of threw out there what are the pros and cons of of trading Philip forsberg and and I and I, let me start this off by saying that I don't think it's a great idea for several reasons. Uh, one, because he's 26 years old and, um, you know, he, he's, you know, he could be a, he could still be, he'd be valuable. He's turned into a leader. He could be valuable during a rebuild. He can be valuable after a rebuild, which I you know would estimate should take, should take two to three years. Um, so, but, but, but there are some questions there in terms of, are they going to be willing to pay? And they have a lot of long-term contracts with Duchesne and Johansson that, that right now don't look real good. Um, you know, Roman just signed a long-term deal for a lot of money. Uh, the second question is, is Forsberg, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent after next season, going to want to stay here through a rebuild? Um, I, I don't know that. I'm assuming that if I talk to Philip, that he would tell me he doesn't, you know, he would tell me what they always say, you know, he's happy to be here and he'll do, you know, whatever it takes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I, I kind of just threw it out there, not suggesting that it happened, but just you know, here's the here, here's the, the the pros and cons of it. Uh, David Poyle went on the radio on, on 102.5 FM, I believe, Tuesday, and basically said he's always listening to every other team that calls him about all of his players, but he's not interested in in trading Philip Forsberg at this time. Which, look, well, I agree with it, and I wasn't suggesting it, but it is it is an interesting. Conversation to have because let, let's think about. It. I mean, Philip Forsberg has all the potential in the world, but is he a superstar in the NHL? I, I don't. I don't see him as a superstar right now. Um, you know, is he a guy that that you know is irreplaceable? Maybe for the Predators, but you know, I, I just find it interesting. If you start thinking about it, if you're going to do a real rebuild, you have to be willing to tear down everything and. Will the predators and can the predators do that? You know, and I'm interested to see if that you know becomes a case how committed they really are, if they really are committed uh, to, to doing something like that.
1: Well, a couple things on this. I, you, you know, look, you're not interested in trading him until you are. Uh, you know, it, it, if somebody makes the right offer, I think anybody on it would be considered you know, tradable, I guess, you know, it, it's understandable where Poyle would say that, but. There's only you know, two
0: untouchables on this team right now, and that's Roman Yossi and, and, and Pekka, who is mostly untouchable. And that's because that's in their contract. But I believe when you're, when, when you fail to live up the expectations, your own expectations, and you fall so short of them, I don't see how anyone would be untouchable. And, and I, I think, you know, obviously David Poyle would listen. I think it would be hard to pry Philip Forsberg from his hands, but I think you could get a lot for him. Look, he's having a career year. He's averaging more than a point a game. He's one of the only exciting players to watch on this team. And he is very attractive to contenders who have the assets to give up. Well, and you you
1: make a good point about about his deal. They're going to have to pay a lot to keep him. And, you know, that's really going to be the the question. Yeah, is he going to want to stick around for that? But also... If he does, what is he gonna to want to do it? I mean, he's playing on a team where he's he's a heck of a lot better than guys who are making more than he is right now. So if, if your baseline is the eight million dollars that you're paying a guy like Johansson and, and Duchesne right now, then my God, was Philip Forsberg gonna want for And and I that's a that to me is is probably the biggest reason to think this still could happen. And I know what David Poe said, and I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I've thought all along that yeah, if if you're if you're gonna rebuild and do it. You know, right. you can't just dip your toe in the water. That guy is more valuable than anyone else on that team from a trade perspective. If you're really looking to clean
0: up on prospects, I
1: think draft
0: not, picks. It, I, look, I think draft picks and prospects. Here, here's what happens: is you, is you, is you load. In my opinion, what you do, you know, is you load up on those, and 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 you hope to hit on some of those, and you turn some of those draft picks or prospects that you load up on into proven players once you're ready to contend again. It's not like the Predators are going to go out and just be contenders in three years through the draft. I mean, that's, that's, that's not going to happen, um, which is also a, an argument for keeping Forsberg because he's, you know, look, he's going to be 27 soon, uh, you know, so you're talking 30, 31 years old, still could be in, in, in his prime or hitting his prime at that time and could be very valuable in the interim and at the other side. So it may, it may be worth paying him. The question is, can you rid yourself of a Duchesne contract? Or I think what's more likely is, is a Johansson contract to kind of free up the money to pay him. Now, I don't know what he's going to command. I, I You know, I'm guessing, you know, the seven and a half, eight, seven, seven and a half, seven to $8 million range. I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, but you know, I see both sides of it. And I just, I, I wrote, I wrote it more as a conversational thing, not as a suggestion, because I said from the beginning, you know, besides Roman, um, if you ask me, who on this team do you not get rid of? It's Philip Forsberg. Um, You know, like I said, he's he's developed into you know a leader. He's physical. He plays both sides, both ends of the ice. He can score. Um, You know, has he lived up to all his potential? No, but. He's a, he seems like a valuable player to have around during, if you're going to rebuild to have around during a rebuild, because I think, you
1: know, well, he's young. I mean, you know, there's still some upside there with him And I think, you know, as you say, he's not a star, but he could be, I think we've all kind of seen that in him with, with the talent that's there at times, he's putting it, putting it all together. But the question is if you can't get rid of those Duchenne and Johansson contracts now, in, in and in a couple of years,
0: you're paying Forsberg even more than you're paying them. Is that a rebuild? No, I mean, you're, you're going to be hamstrung, especially with the salary cap being stagnant for who. I mean, I'm guessing it's going to stay the same next season and, and maybe even beyond that. Now, there's some talk I read a little bit today about a deal that the NHL and ESPN supposedly have. I haven't read too much into it. I don't know how much money's in it for the for the league and what that could mean for. You know the, the financial implications and whatnot, but as it stands, you know right now, it would be reasonable to assume that you know the Predators can't keep paying all these guys to not contend. So you know decisions will have to be made. And it, look, I, I I don't think this is a playoff team, and I don't think very many people do. Could a miracle happen? Yeah, that's unlikely. I, I that's why I just I've been saying from the beginning. It's like you know. They may string a win or two together here and there and look good or give you reason for optimism, but I think that's what's burned them in the past is, is clinging to that that hope. And, you know, I'm, I'm more of the opinion that sometimes you just have to pull the plug. The worst thing that can happen to this team, and I've said before, is for them to continue to be mediocre. Um, you know, and I'm not suggesting they tank or not try or whatever. You know, what I'm suggesting is they have – a if they don't already have a, or if they haven't started already, put a strategy in place to say, all right, here's what we're going to do. Here's a plan. It's going to hurt. We're probably not going to be competitive for a year or two years. um, And and we're going to throw some guys into the fire, kind of like you're seeing now, except for by design and not by necessity. And I think that's how you make progress.
1: Right. And we haven't, they're not there yet in terms of, Giving up on this team or this season, see what happens in, in two weeks. I guess, with this, I see with the sec basketball tournament road trip. I don't remember it ever being an extra throwing an extra week on the end of it, though. Those 15 days, but
0: well, they have they have some games to make up, they had one against Dallas to make up, um, you know, which extended this road trip, and you know, that that's part of it. So, again. You know because I think I think actually both games, both Dallas games, they got Dallas on the front end and Dallas on the back end of this road trip to make up for the two games in Dallas that they missed because of the winter storms down there, uh, that caused all kinds of havoc and power outages and, and whatnot. So, you know, that extended it by a few days and a couple of games. But, you know, I, I, I'm with you, I, I don't think it's time to start just unloading everybody now, but it's just it's hard to see optimism with all these injuries, with the way they've been playing this season, with the way they played during the summer, with the way that they played, you know, for the most part last season. I mean, it's just the same thing over and over. And when you, you know. I Actually, I don't, I don't know. I,
1: I, I do think it's time to start unloading everybody now. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're waiting on if you don't. I mean, I, I just feel like it's, I agree with you. I think it's a matter of hope getting in their way and the, the longer this season is gone, there's just been less reason for it. And honestly, dude, it's I, don't a, think, I don't think there's been a moment this season where there was hope, maybe
0: the first two games. Well, I, I, what I'm saying is I think it's inevitable. Uh, and there's look a little more than a month before the trade deadline, which doesn't mean that they can't make moves before then. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a matter of, I think that gives, this gives David Poyle time to get, the most in return for guys like a Matthias Eckholm or a Mikael Granlund or, you know, guys like that. I'm not, you know, and Forsberg is a guy that I think could, I, I don't know that he will be dealt during the season. That may be an off season deal, but my goodness, I think you can hold the team hostage. You know, if they think Forsberg, if a contender thinks they could, Forsberg would put them over, you know, David Poyle could, could, you know, he stole Forsberg from the Capitals years ago uh, you know, could he pull off a similar heist in, in unloading him? I, I think he could, um, but will he? And you know that—that that much I don't know. He, you know, he says he's not interested in doing that, and and for that, you know, I, I don't blame him um, because it, it, if there, like I said, if there's anybody on this team besides Roman Yossi who I think you could keep through a rebuild is Philip Forsberg. So, you know,
1: well, and you it, don't want Forsberg sitting here thinking he's being being shopped when he's not i mean i don't think they're they're no they're not i don't think
0: i'm certain teams are asking about him you know it's kind of like window shopping when you look at the. you know like you ever go look at a car that you know you can't afford you know and you just kind of look at it anyway and and, you know dream and there are teams out there maybe who can't afford it but i think you know it's going to take someone walking in with a suitcase full of cash you know metaphorically speaking to to convince Poyle that you know this is the car he wants to sell um tell you that philip forsberg would be a nice addition for some
1: team that's in contentionly i mean I, I think they could they could they could drive up the price and do pretty well with that i'm not saying he's gonna do it he should do it but he should consider i think he should consider it in every case philip forsberg included he just happens to be the most valuable commodity he'd have
0: right and i think it's you know it's a matter of timing because of the season that, that, that philip's having but Look, they have six more games left on this road trip against teams that are, you know, at the top of the division, and it's it's it could be rough. Sailing, they've gotten off to, uh, you know, not not bad start, you know, winning one shootout Sunday in Dallas and going overtime against the the Hurricanes, who now won six in a row. So, as of uh, Tuesday night, but. You know, look, there's going to be a lot of games between now and the next time we talk to entry, and I think, you know, I think we know where we are and where where things are going to go, but I think by the time the next time that we talk, there'll be a lot more defined or a lot less clear because if they go on some kind of silly winning streak or, or whatever. Oh, you better um, believe if there's any reason to think, hey, there's still hope, they're,
1: they're going to cling to it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I get that. And, you know, it's, again, it's a weird, a weird season with so many weird things going on that, you know, it's, it's hard to, to predict, but if you go by, you know, recent history, you you know, you can kind of feel comfortable in in predicting what's going to happen. So next time we talk Gentry, there, you know, I predicted that, you know, and I'm not great on prognostication, but. I, I predicted that the Predators would not be the same team when they came back from this road trip than they as they were when they left. We'll see if that holds true because I think the next time we talk, they'll be on the second. They'll you know they'll they'll they'll, have, they'll be a lot more. They'll be a lot further along, and um, you know we'll, we'll kind of know a lot more. Maybe some moves will be made by then. We we, we never know, but uh, anyway, that'll do it for this edition of Catfish Corner. We hope you'll subscribe to the dot if you haven't already. And if you haven't, we don't know what you're waiting for. There's always all kinds of specials. And we always welcome you to read our work. And uh, remember, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Gentry Estes, I'm Paul Scorbina. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.